0: Each year, the Federal Laboratory Consortium, the network of the government's technology transfer operations, honors one of its members as Laboratory Director of the Year. This year's honoree directs the Army Engineer Research and Development Center's Geotechnical and Structures Laboratory. He's Bartley Durst, and he joins me now. Mr. Durst, good to have you on. Good
1: morning. Glad to be here.
0: Well, give us the uh, architecture here. You are a geotechnical and structures laboratory of the Army Engineer Research and Development Center. Talk about the center first and what happens there with respect to Army research.
1: Certainly. Well, the Engineer Research and Development Center, or ERDIC is the r component of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. We have seven laboratories across the country, and we're headquartered in Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is where my laboratory the Geotechnical Instructors Laboratory, is located. A little history, the Erdic is approaching 100 years old. It was founded after the Great Flood of 1927. Its main purpose was in hydraulic flood control types of concerns as the nation addressed that problem. So over the many decades, it has evolved a great deal. We do a combination of both military and civil works infrastructure research supporting the nation and the warfighter. Those seven laboratories, as I mentioned, four located in Vicksburg, Mississippi, one in Champaign, Illinois, one in Hanover, New Hampshire, and also one in Fort Belvoir, Virginia.
0: All right, and your specialty is geotechnical and structures, and tell us more about that.
1: Yes, so we originated as two of the original laboratories early in the history of Erdic and have been combined into the Geotechnical Instructures Laboratory. We do a mission supporting the nation in both military engineering, technology development, as well as support to our nation's civil works infrastructure and military transportation infrastructure. So a combination of largely military R&D, but also civil R&D for the classical Corps of Engineers mission space.
0: And what are some of the geotechnical items and structures? I mean, is it bridges? Is it, it sounds like things of the built nature.
1: Yes, absolutely. So in the civil works side, we work with levees, bridges, navigation structures such as locks and dams, and that has been a founding component of our laboratory, the GSL. But since World War II, we've also been heavy in military engineering. This military support to Department of Defense, to the Army, many other agencies is around force protection technologies, solutions that protect against weapons effects and other uh, physical security matters for our armed forces, as well as force projection, the ability to project our forces globally by air, land and sea, such as airfields, ports, rail and bridges. That type of transportation infrastructure and making advancements in those capabilities for our armed forces in the civil infrastructure side, as I mentioned, it's things around building with soil as well as concrete and steel. So with that, that's our levees and other water resources infrastructure, mainly in preventing ways in which the infrastructure may fail or ways in which we can improve its performance.
0: Sounds like your group must have had a hand in the B-29 landing strips on Tinian way back in World War II to get those heavy bombers close to Japan.
1: Uh, that's right, as well as many other uh, developments in airfield capabilities to repair damaged airfields, putting landing mat uh, that originated here in this laboratory such as in the Korean and Vietnam era and so forth. So lots of work and expertise, world-class expertise and facilities here to support that capability and getting it fielded to the soldiers.
0: We're speaking with Bartley Durst. He's director of the Army Engineer Research and Development Center's Geotechnical and Structures Laboratory in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And also he's the lab consortium's lab director of the year. And I imagine the technology for the engineering work has changed a lot over the years it's a software based as opposed to a slide rule and testing things till they break type of operation
1: that's true over the years it originated in a lot of physical modeling and physical experiments in subscale as well as full scale Uh, that gets quite costly as well as takes a lot of time Uh, over the years now with great advancements in computing It's a combination of precision laboratory experiments, still doing full-scale experiments in the field, but heavily relying on advancements of numerical modeling. We have some of the world's fastest supercomputers here, a high-performance computing capability in which numerical modeling and big data analytics can be executed to produce these solutions faster and better, as well as quicker great advancements in our R&D capabilities.
0: And what are some of the technology transfer activities? Because that's what the lab consortium is concerned with. How does that work there where you are?
1: Yeah. So I've done a lot in terms of instilling a culture of technology transfer. Technology transfer is actually getting inventions and other capabilities commercialized to go into production. Mass production results in creating jobs which is great for this nation's economy, but also for the user, our warfighter and civilians, it allows us to get access to these solutions at a more reasonable cost, a quicker turnaround on getting the materials deployed, and it also creates a spiral development loop in which new improvements and new advancements get incorporated quicker into the system. So it's a very healthy arrangement for our researchers to let their baby go and get into the private sector and get that production capability that it then includes getting it into the field better. All of this uh, making the world safer and better is part of our motto here.
0: And you are the lab director. Are you an engineer? And tell us about your background and how you came to this particular perch.
1: Yes, I am an engineer. Uh, I'm a civil engineer with specialty in structures and geotechnical uh, engineering, and also a lot of experience in sensor physics and sensing the environment. So I started with the federal government as an intern when I was in my undergraduate studies. So now I have about 39 years of federal service. I've been a senior executive here as I've moved into the leadership roles for the last six years. So with that, I started with an appetite for technology transfer. I have over 20 patents throughout my career, ranging from camouflage, concealment, and deception types of solutions for sensor work, as well as protection around survivability and protective structures, uh, with that, I lead a fantastic team of engineers and scientists who have taken the examples I've given them and they fully understand the benefits of technology transfer, capturing their intellectual property quickly and working with our Office of Research and Technology Transfer here at ERTIC to get things patented where appropriate, as well as pushing out uh, refereed publications. With that, I'll also say we've established a program intermediary agreement with an organization called Erdick Works. Works has done a great job at moving beyond the typical way of advertising for licensing of patents, typically through the FedBizOps Federal Business Opportunities publication. We have worked with ErticWorks Works to establish tech challenges that increase marketing to the private sector awareness of these opportunities for industry. And it's been quite fruitful. And we're looking and excited about the growth of that capability, which is really uh, putting a lot of technology out there to the user
0: quickly. And knowing what you know about structures and some of the patents that you have, I imagine you're the go-to guy if someone wants a really good hunting blind.
1: As a matter of fact, I have been approached about that several times. And some of our patents from the federal government, have spun off to produce things for that sector of our society, especially in camouflage and deception. We do a lot of duck hunting and other hunting activity down here in the deep south. So, uh, very pleased with that.
0: Sounds fantastic. Bartley Durst is director of the Army Engineer Research and Development Center's Geotechnical and Structures Laboratory. He's also the Federal Lab Consortium's Lab Director of the Year. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner at 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on bridging entrepreneurship and racial equity
3: She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, we were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing
2: As a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, as as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then let them roll. And that's not always easy.
3: Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure.